We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Guys, I know tonight may have been a loss for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that new post-game intro we have from our very own Jacob Niffin, pretty fire. Still gets me pumped up, even on a loss. Gets me pumped up to uh, to jump into this post-game podcast and hopefully get you guys pumped up to listen, even on a loss. <laughs> so, welcome to the Uncontested Post-Game Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. And you can find us at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're even pretty pretty interactive on Reddit. And anywhere you guys listen to your podcast, you can be sure to find us. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire podcast family, as you guys heard um, prior to the beginning of the show. Be sure to check them out. And, and all their awesome podcasts because whether you're in a an NBA fan with everything going on in the NBA right now, obviously with the um, awful, awful news of Kobe's passing, which I'll get into here in a little bit, or whether you're an NFL fan, some much more optimistic news, the Super Bowl 
is this Sunday. And uh, Blue Wire will absolutely have you covered for that as well. Um, soccer fans, they have you guys covered. Or sports gambling. We have some sports gambling podcasts that are incredible. Um, I, I've listened to them. I subscribe to them. Full slate. They're great. That's just one example of one of our sports gambling podcasts. I mean, there's there's so many. I highly encourage you guys to jump into Blue Wire and to uh, explore all the different podcasts that they have to offer because they have you guys covered. And like like I mentioned, Super Bowl Sunday is this Sunday. Um, I'm very excited because my very own Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And Blue Wire Podcasts will have you guys covered. They have, they actually have people um, down there in Miami this this week. So be sure to tune in and uh, check out all their different podcasts. Now, on a very less optimistic note, the Thunder dropped tonight's game, one hundred seven to ninety seven, at home to the Dallas Mavericks. That snaps a five game win streak for OKC. And obviously, all the games in in, in the NBA tonight. Maybe even more so last uh, yesterday and last night, but very much so tonight. We're played with a heavy heart as the NBA community continues to mourn and copes with the sudden loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, you have to mention his youngest youngest daughter, um, and just all the families on that helicopter that suddenly crashed yesterday morning. We got the terrible news. Um, we had our kind of our sudden reactions last night on our group pod. Be sure to check those out. I'm still mourning and coping um, with that loss of Kobe and what he meant to the NBA community, as I'm sure many of you guys, almost all of you guys probably are. Um, And I encourage you guys to continue to listen to all the different podcasts and all the incredible stories that have been posted today and that will continue to be posted about Kobe and his incredible legacy, not only on the game of basketball, but just on life in general. However, um... Before jumping into Kobe, before jumping into tonight's game, there's some quick facts after tonight's loss that I probably should, I, I kind of want to start with. So, the Thunder, after night, after tonight's loss, per our very own Nick Crane, who was covering the game, he was uh, he was there covering the game for Forbes, that was his second straight game, I believe, second straight home game. Thunder are 15-10 and 10 at home after tonight's loss, and 13-10 and 10 on the road. Um, if the Thunder... Would have won tonight. The Rockets would have lost. The Thunder had a chance to either be in the fifth seed or, as our very own Justin at OKC Tracker pointed out, the Thunder may have still been in the sixth seed as the Mavs uh, had played a couple more games and would have technically still have the higher winner win percentage. But none of that even matters because, unfortunately, the Thunder lost tonight, like I mentioned, and... Um, at the time of this recording, the Rockets are currently up on Utah, even without James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella, and Tyson Chandler. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so none of that even matters at this point. So um, another quick fact I want to point out before we jump into all of this. Luka Doncic was questionable for tonight's game. He ends up playing. We have Kristaps Porzingis, who um, I feel like is like a permanent questionable for his career so far, which is really sad. He did play and had a very strong impact. Um, and then for the Thunder, Terrence Ferguson was still out for personal reasons. Um, there's a lot of speculation out there. I don't want to dive into that tonight, but he is still out, and I wish the absolute best for Ferg, and I hope that he can come back onto the court here soon. 
Abdul Nader still out with an ankle sprain, which seems very, very strange. Um, maybe I should say that or should um, save that for another podcast as well. But it's been a long time for Nader on a what seems to be a fairly minor injury. Um, so that's just something to monitor. I'm just going to throw that out there um, and, and, and keep it at that for now. Chris Paul. He was away from the team tonight for personal reasons, which marks the first game that he's missed all season. But Billy alluded to this pregame. Um, he has been having conversations with Chris ever since yesterday with obviously Kobe's um, just absolutely terrible passing. Um, and it, it definitely seems like Chris Paul's absence tonight was due to Kobe's passing, like I mentioned a little bit ago. I would definitely not be surprised if Chris Paul is back in L.A., with his family right now, and I, I respect that so much. I respect that for him. I love that he's. I, I'm. I'm assuming he's there. It just. It, it makes sense. Obviously, he would want to be surrounded by loved ones right now. Um, obviously, in L.A. by all those affected by Kobe's pass, uh, unfortunate passing, and um, also, I think it makes even more sense when you take into consideration that the Thunder play in Sacramento on Wednesday. So that's a very short plane ride. Obviously, L.A. to Sacramento compared to L.A. to OKC, for example, or if the Thunder were to play on the East Coast. So regardless, um, all speculation, 100% speculation here, I would expect Chris to play in Sacramento on Wednesday. And with that being said, um, with a whole lot of emotion that he obviously has right now, I would expect him to play really well on Wednesday. I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, But nevertheless, all my thoughts and prayers go out to Chris as well. Um, as obviously, needless to say, Kobe Bryant's family, um, his wife, his mom and dad, his siblings, um, his, his kids who were not on the helicopter at the time that it crashed, um, and all those affected by Kobe's, Kobe's passing and, uh, and Chris falls into that category. But with that being said, there was still a game in OKC tonight and, uh, Nerlens did play for OKC. He wore a mask, and it was just as awesome as you would expect it to be. Um, it was really, really cool. And he played a solid game, which I'll get into here in a little while. Um, and then speaking of Kobe Bryant, there were, there were quite a few tributes today. Starting this morning, Thunder displayed an image of Kobe with the words Mamba Forever on each side of an image of Kobe. And they displayed that on the Jumbo screen outside Chesapeake. And it was really cool. Um, Madison Morris of the franchise... And there was uh, one or two others who, who posted that image, and it, it was really special. And I'm, I'm glad that um, the, the Thunder organization did that. Thunder gave out purple and gold ribbons to all Thunder and Chesapeake employees before the game. They all wore those, including those on the Fox Sports broadcast um, during the game. And then Shay, um, he walked in wearing a classic Kobe number 8 jersey, which was just awesome. I loved it. And he had Shay... Dennis, Luka, Luka Doncic, obviously, and many others who paid tribute to Kobe through the shoes that they wore. Um, Luka's was really cool because he had a special message for each family or family member who passed away on the helicopter um, on his his Kobe shoes that he wore for the game. So that that, that was really cool. Now, enough about um, Kobe. Like I said, there, there was a basketball game that happened today, even with all this going on. So we've got to cover it. And uh, for those of you who were unable to tune into the game, I want to give you guys a very quick 
breakdown of the game that happened. You have the first quarter uh, with Chris and Terrence Ferguson out. Like I mentioned earlier, Shooter started in CP3's place. And uh, Lou Dort, he's continued to start in Terrence Ferguson's place, which brings up plenty of questions that I think some of you guys have for me today uh, on Twitter. Um, and then our very own Justin had an awesome image. <laughs> um, he used uh, Pokemon cards as a way to kind of symbolize Dort's um, emergence, I guess you could say, on the scene where he has had a, he's kind of leveled up. I think it's a good way to put it, just like in Pokemon, <laughs> right? He's been forced to guard so many different players, um, so many different all-stars since coming up from, from the G League. Um, a great list of those since he's started. James Harden, Fournier, Trey Young, Andrew Wiggins. Um, you have Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he didn't start that game, but he absolutely played a lot of time on Donovan Mitchell. And then you have Luka Doncic tonight. And um, so I highly encourage you guys to go and check out Justin's image that he had um, on our account. Just the detail in the, in the image um, that he was able to portray is so impressive so definitely go and be sure to uh, check that out and shout out okc tracker on twitter now um, with all that being said dort had a tougher assignment tonight you know both the thunder and the mass paid tribute to kobe uh, before the or during at, at the very beginning of the game um with the mavs they won the tip they took an eight second violation and that was followed by the thunder taking a 24 second violation to honor kobe which is pretty awesome pretty special chesapeake arena was chaining kobe Awesome stuff. Um, the Mavs were up 12 to 7 after that to start the quarter before the Thunder go on a 9-0 run. They end up leading 16 to 12. At the end of the quarter, Thunder trailed 25 to 22. A lot of back and forth in that quarter. Max Nerlens, he had his first appearance since coming back from his face injury um, from a friendly fire from Gallo's elbow. Um, Gallo was back tonight, and he had a big first quarter with six points and five rebounds in six minutes, which is pretty insane. He was all over the place in, in his first quarter time. Dort and Hami held Luka to two of eight in the first quarter, which was awesome. However, that wouldn't continue after halftime, but the first half, they were solid on him. You really have to give them credit, even for the entirety of the game, um, but especially that first half. Second quarter. Dennis gets hot. Uh, he scored seven, I believe, early in the second quarter. But unfortunately, the Mavs kept hitting shots, which is kind of the story of the game. Thunder would hit hit some big shots, but they just could not overcome the Mavs' momentum. Thunder were three of the last 16 with about a minute left before a Shea three. And uh, before that three, this is a fun, interesting stat, maybe a not-so-fun Stafford Thunder fans uh, like myself, but Shea was 0 of 11 from three in the last six games prior to that three-point shot he hit in the second quarter. He hadn't made one three-point shot since January 17th against Miami. And that uh, the the first stat of that I saw tweet out was per Eric Horn of the Athletic. Um, so I'm going to be sure to give him credit because that is a, definitely a crazy, crazy stat. Now, Deontay... Uh, he, Deontay Burton had a monster dunk in this quarter and, uh, he was cutting to the rim from the top of the key on a pass from shooter was a great, great cut by Deontay and a great pass from shooter who kind of, you, you could see him in the replay. He was directing, 
um, Deontay to go ahead and cut. You can see he kind of wanted Deontay to cut sooner, but nevertheless, it didn't matter. Deontay ended up cutting after the demand from Shooter, and it was a monster, monster slam. Might be the highlight of the game, <laughs> which is kind of sad, but it, it was really cool. Be sure to check out the Uncontested on Twitter because we uh, have a highlight up for you guys. Uh, again, per Eric Horner, the Athletic, Dallas had 13 second chance points before half. And the Thunder ended the half shooting only 31.9% from the field. They did shoot a solid 375 from three, but, and, and sorry, and 11-11 from the free throw line, which is huge. But Dallas shot 44.9% from the field and 43.5% from three, which is crazy. And the crazy thing is they missed some open ones, uh, some, some open three-point shots that I think they could have made. Um, that could have been a higher three-point percentage, but nevertheless, they were on fire. With both Steven and Nerlens back tonight, Muskie did not play in the first half, which is something I think needs to be noted. He would not see his first minutes until the first uh, until the fourth quarter. Excuse me. So second half starts started out kind of slow. OKC routed off an 11-0 run to put the game within single digits at one point, which was awesome. Um, at this point, the Mavs call a timeout, and I felt like the Thunder were going to do it again, even without Chris, the comeback kids, right? However, Luka Doncic came out of the timeout and had an answer, as he often does. He is pretty incredible. Um, he hits five straight points, ends the run, and ends all Thunder momentum. And uh, Thunder actually had another run to get it within single digits, but a plethora wasn't just wasn't just Luka. Uh, it was the entirety of the Mavs had some outside shooting that, that it just seemed like they weren't going to miss. Um, it was absolutely crazy. And at that point, um, Dallas led 88-77 to heading into the fourth quarter. And they just had an answer for every OKC run, especially in the third. So fourth quarter, Thunder had the highest net rating and defensive rating um, in fourth quarters. That was tweeted by our own Nick Crane. However, like I mentioned, without Mr. Clutch himself, Chris Paul, this comeback proved very difficult. Uh, the Mavs continued to hit threes. And outside shots while the Thunder continued to mess up the rim. And the Mavs led by at least 10 points the entire fourth quarter. So unfortunately, this led to the Thunder losing, like I mentioned earlier, 107 to 97. So there's your recap. Now, let's break this game down to some themes. Unfortunately, there are probably some more negatives tonight than positives with it being a loss, but we will never end on negatives. We will always end on positives. That's right. That was a record scratch. I'm chaining a little bit here. We're actually going to start with some neutrals because I think there's a couple that deserve recognition, but we're neither negatives nor positives. The first of those being that the Thunder shot 12 of 30. That's 40% from the three-point line without Chris Paul. Obviously, that alone would be a positive. However, they shot only 39.5% overall, meaning they shot better from three than they did from uh, within the three-point line, which we'll see if my math checks out i believe that's 39 percent um from two so i have that as a neutral for the reasons i mentioned another neutral and this one hurts me as a member of the uncontested um a member of the lu tang clan but lu dort this man has surpassed all expectations he's been incredible since being called up especially during ferg's uh absence recently and i I mentioned earlier Justin's awesome image of Lou and all the incredible 
people that he has, or all the incredible players that he has defended so far. But tonight, he struggled with Luka, and rightfully so. I mean, Luka, it's, <laughs> he's essentially the next James Harden but in his own unique way. And for me to put that put this as a negative would be absolutely negligent. Because like I mentioned, Luka, is, he, he's almost unstoppable. Yet the Thunder literally held him to a season average, which, again, would be a positive. But this is more due to a joint effort from OKC, as well as Luka missing shots, uh, rather than just Lou guarding him. It, it was a combination of Lou, it was a combination of Hami, it was a combination of Dennis Schroeder, um, who were able to hold him to his season average. So I can't quite put that as a positive, but I'm still extremely high on Lou. Um, he had a fine night on both ends of the floor. It wasn't like he was a negative by any means. And just, I can't quite put him as a positive for, I mean, like he has been like the past four four games or whatever. Uh, I mean, he's been incredible. Um, and t- today was kind of a welcome back to reality, uh, a reality check. But with that being said, uh, I cannot put him into my negatives because you can't ask for much more from a guy like Lou, a 19-year-old rookie or 20-year-old rookie um, coming up from the G League and getting this experience is just incredible. And he's been doing a great job and he still did a fine job tonight. So by no means negative. But speaking of negatives, I think the Thunder's defense outside of Lou probably is a negative. Um, outside of holding Luka to his season average, like I mentioned earlier, there were not many positives <laughs> for OKC's de- defense tonight. They got destroyed in the pick and roll whenever Luka was the primary ball handler. And um, I do respect Billy's strategy. It was taking to Luka on the drive or his step back and trying to stick close to him. But that led to the roller um, being wide open, regardless of who it was. Whether that was, you know, um, somebody stepping back for a three-point shot or somebody driving to the rim. The roller destroyed OKC tonight. And specifically... I know it's a lot of Maxi uh, Kleba, and he, I mean, he had a pretty big game tonight for the Mavericks, um, particularly when he was coming, and, and when he was being the roller on the pick and roll for Luka, he was, was coming off the pick and roll, he was spotting up from the three-point line, um, he was great for the Mavs, and it wasn't just him, you know, that was a obvious, um, an obvious negative, I think, for the Thunder tonight. The Thunder's defense tonight and something to kind of monitor moving forward. But when you have a player of the caliber of Luka, um, who's the primary ball handler there, I think it's going to lead those uh, lead those exposures <laughs> when you're when you're trying to defend that kind of caliber of a player as Luka. However, um, another negative of the Thunder's defense is that they let the Mavs shoot forty one point four percent on ninety nine field goal attempts. Ninety nine. They were fifty one. Uh, sorry, excuse me. 51 of those 99 field goal attempts were three-point attempts, and that is a season high allowed for OKC so far, which is pretty pretty wild. They have a, a pretty solid perimeter defense, and um, they allowed 51 three-point attempts tonight. Now, the Mavs made only 37.3% of those, so that would translate to 19 of those 51 attempts from the three-point line, but the Mavs had so many open threes that I think there was many more of those that should have probably gone in and could have gone in um, and it just could have spelled absolute disaster for OKC tonight. Now, with all that being said, I'm not worried about this long term, obviously pending the trade deadline, <laughs> but 
due to CP3 being out and Steven still definitely seeming banged up. And Billy even confirmed this, which I'll get, in, I'll get into here in a little bit. Both of those players are defensive anchors for OKC. And I, I think that's a huge reason for that. Um, now, speaking of which, one of those def defensive anchors that I mentioned was Steven Adams. And prior to the Houston game, uh, before he got WWE slammed by Clint Capella, Steven had been playing his best basketball in a while. Honestly, he seemed healthy. He seemed strong. Um, he was blocking shots. He was playing solid defense. And he was being aggressive on offense and getting solid numbers on that end as well. And But ever since he's come back, uh, especially tonight, he just doesn't seem the same. And Billy actually had a quote about this where he mentioned that um, Steven's still battling some ankle soreness. And that's not to mention the KT tape that he has on his his wrist. And he uh, previous earlier or earlier in the season he had some KT KT tape on his shoulder. So obviously Steven is very banged up, and that's something to monitor. Um, it concerns me a little bit because this is something that kind of has become a recurring theme for him in, in his career. As much as I love Steven um, on a personal level, but with all that being said, he's banging down low like some of this is going to happen it's almost inevitable and so you you've got to find a way to keep steven happy and i think a, a good way to do that is with um Nerlens, who's been playing so great and giving steven a little more rest which i will get into here soon as well but another negative rebounds and second chance points speaking of the thunder bigs um the thunder route rebounds tonight 56 to 48 even with steven and Nerlens back and they were out rebounded 12 to 6 on offensive rebounds, 44 to 42 on the defensive boards, which is close, but those are like ridiculously high numbers. I mean, 44 to 42 defensive rebounds seems pretty high. Um, and speaking of second chance points, Dallas had 18 to the Thunder's four. <laughs> That's a pretty big discrepancy, something that the Thunder obviously need to tighten up on. Uh, and like I said, a lot of this is due to missing Chris and Steven. But I feel like the Thunder playing nine games in a little over two weeks with multiple injuries um, to their starting lineup, not to mention some of their reserves who were getting regular playing time. That obviously affects us. And so I'm not, I'm not worried long-term, but it, it does suck because <laughs> this would have been a big game to win, like I mentioned earlier in terms of seeding. Again, and this is all with a disclaimer, so long as the Thunder don't trade everyone at the trade line and continue to um, compete and try to uh, make a, a big playoff push. So my final negative is Shea Gillis-Alexander. I love Shea more than anyone. He's probably my favorite player on this Thunder team right now. Um, but with all that said, I bully tweeted out after seeing that Shea uh, walked in with an OG Kobe number 8 jersey and seeing that Chris Paul wasn't going to to play tonight i thought he was going to just go off he was going to pull kobe himself and pull off a new career high but that was not the case he did have 16 points he still had 11 rebounds which is also great it's been a theme that we've mentioned on this podcast he had four assists which is still trending up there but he was 5 of 20 from the floor and uh he had three turnovers it just it seemed like shea couldn't get the calls early dallas was defending him aggressively very aggressively the rest weren't calling it and that was pretty much it for Shea at that point. Um, that led him to missing around the Ram early. And it just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. S 
Shay still cannot get the superstar calls, which makes sense. He's not a superstar. We'll see if he can ever be a superstar for that. And I don't mean that negatively. I love Shay. Like I said, he's my favorite player player on this Thunder team right now. Um, but much less all star calls, right? I mean, I feel like he was just getting destroyed down low with little to no calls on either end of the floor, and um, he probably should have gotten those calls, particularly when we have Luka Doncic, for example, in his draft class, who was going down and getting just about every call and um, also was not getting calls on the, when when he probably should have on the offensive end. So with all that being said, um, I loved Billy's quote post-game about Sh- He said um, he, Shay didn't have a great offensive night. This is one of the moments he can really learn from. We'll go back and look at areas he can do better and in a two games there are going to be games where you don't shoot the ball well and that's the end of his quote but i think you have to take uh, into consideration that shay is a second year player and i i just i love that quote from billy i think that's great advice and um, i would not be uh shocked to see shay come out on wednesday i believe now and and, and just see him have a huge game and uh, and play much better against sacramento so speaking of shay that leads me to my first positive, and there were some positives tonight, believe it or not. Shea shot 3 of 6 from 3, and prior to tonight, Shea was over 11 from 3 in the last 6 games. Hadn't made 1-3 since January 17th against Miami, um, so tonight was a big improvement in that area. Um, and speaking of 3s, even without Chris, the Thunder shot 34 of 86. That's 39.5% from three, which is above their season average, uh, fairly close to it, but slightly above. And so this essentially kept OKC in the game, especially with them being unable to finish around the rim and with the Mavericks just red hot, like I mentioned earlier. Nerlens. Mass Nerlens. Hashtag Mass Nerlens. Matter of fact, I have created that hashtag on Twitter. Thank you very much. Nerlens has been phenomenal this season. Uh, and even as the Thunder won in his absence when he was out, he was still missed. His presence down low was missed. And tonight, even though he played only 19 minutes due to his, his face injury, I, I think it was obvious that Billy's trying to uh, kind of kind of uh, pace him a little bit coming back. He still had 9 points, 8 rebounds, a block, and plus he had multiple tips to save possession, but to, <laughs> to save possessions um, that could have led to either offensive rebounds or just led to safe possessions for the team in general. I should have looked at that advanced stat, but I did not. But he, he looked great, and I hope his face heals soon so he can get back to 100% because um, he's just such a huge spark off the bench for this team, and I cannot wait for him to get back to 100%. Super curious to see what Billy does with him and the just the center position for the Thunder um, post-trade deadline here in a week. Now, my last positive here is Deontay Burton. Um, he's a guy that I've been very, very low on this season, but he had a great game, and he's been training training upwards so far over the past couple of weeks. Um, I know that Andrew Schlechter down to, duck, down to dunk is a, one of those guys who are on Deontay Island still, one of the only ones, but he might have some new people rowing out to that island this week. Deontay contributed some great minutes. He had 11 points, 5-11 from the field, played 23 minutes, the most off the bench tonight for OKC, which is a very interesting set, particularly when you take into consideration that uh, Mike Muscala did not hardly get any minutes until I think it was the fourth quarter when he saw his first minutes uh, with Nerlens and Steven both being back. Now, Deontay struggled at times defensively, but his size and athleticism 
um, which is just something that Presley values, as we've talked so much about. It was enough to disrupt shots at the rim, even if he only had one block tonight. I, I still thought he was pretty great on both ends, and uh, it was really fun to see. So with all that being said, you have guys like Deontay. You have guys um, like Lou Dort, obviously starting, as we are huge components of here at the, <laughs> at the Uncontested. Uh, and then Homie. You know, I'm a huge Homie fan, um, just in, in general. And um, he's been contributing some solid minutes. So when Ferg comes back, if he comes back, and I genuinely hope he does, I genuinely hope and pray the best for him and his family or whatever situation may be going on with his personal um, situation. I hope that he'll be able to come back, but it'll be interesting to see how Billy balances Dort and Deontay's minutes. And you could, you, again, you could throw in, um, could, could throw in Diallo. And um, it, it, that's four very similar players that you're going to try and have to find some time for um, all around the time of the trade line. So we will have to see what happens there. So there's more positives and negatives um, if you really want to dig into this game. But I'd rather jump to your guys' Twitter questions because you guys sent me a couple really good ones. So let's go ahead and jump into them. The first one of those comes from my guy Zane at the ridiculous at that can never pronounce when Chris Paul is out. Um, how did you want to see Shea step up most. Do you want uh, more scoring attempts or a bigger focus on facilitating? Um, I, this is just a completely biased answer, but I obviously would like to see him contribute in both those areas, uh, doing a little bit of both with the perfect balance of both of those. <laughs> um, but tonight, especially, I really, like I predicted that he would surpass a career high in scoring. Um, with Chris Paul being out, or, yeah, with Chris Paul being out, um, and unfortunately he was not able to do so. He really struggled with the the Mavs' length on defense and how they were able to focus in on him, and so that was disappointing to me. But I, uh, above the facilitating, which I know he'll continue to improve at, it was the scoring that I really wanted to see with him having some of those thirty-two point games, um, tying his career high this season. I really wanted. To Wanted to see him surprise that today, um, especially in Maria of Kobe. But I would not be surprised if Shea is able to do that later on this season. With all that being said, with Chris Paul on the floor, that's going to help him a lot. Takes a lot of attention off of him. Um, so this is a little bit of a taste for him. I think maybe for next season when Chris Paul may or may not be on this team anymore. So keep that in mind. Kamir Morabian, our very own K. Morabian, um, asked, is Stephen Adams a top 20 big? Does he even deserve to be in the NBA for not averaging a double? Does OKC fans have crimson glasses for Stephen Adams? And are they too stupid to realize he's overpaid despite the low-hanging fruit of context? All these questions from Coming Art are uh, some shots at our very own Nick Crane at Crane NBA because they were having some fun, heated debates on our slack that i will want to save for some of our group pods moving forward because they really work great both of them had great contact <laughs> great uh context and great um great points with all that being said um i think Stephen m is absolutely a top 20 big a lot of what he does does not show up on the stat sheet and i will leave that at that for now so i can move on to these other questions and uh, we will address that debate later on in future uncontested group podcasts Stan SGA, um, Hunter Harjo, asks, Edge returned at the Royal Rumble. Thoughts? I am very sorry. 
um, CNSGA, but I do not watch WWE. Um, I won't get into my thoughts on WWE here. I just never been able to get into it. It's, it's nothing against it, just like the MLB. Never been able to get into Major League Baseball uh, or <laughs> baseball on TV in general. Um, with that being said, um, you know, good for Edge. I'm glad he has returned to the Royal Rumble. But that's all I got. I am sorry to disappoint you, Hunter. Next question. Uh, Cheshire Cat CC and at Black Dolphin 5, which is pretty funny at. I like that. But he asked a really, actually, a couple of really good questions. If Ferguson comes back and um, he's being guarded at this point, that Ferguson will come back, and rightfully so, after the whole arena situation and the um, Andre Robertson situations uh, for Thunder fans. But Cat asks, does Ferguson start over Dort? Does Shea have a killer instinct, or can he get to that level? And is Pressy done making moves? First of those, um, does Ferg start over Dort? I'm going to lean yes, only because of Billy, but I would prefer <laughs> prefer Dort. I'm combining words there. I would prefer Dort to go ahead and start over uh, Ferguson because he just he has the confidence right now on both ends. Um, he's playing great defensively, and he is confident offensively, which is more than Ferguson's doing, unfortunately. As much as I love Ferguson as a person, um, Ferg has really struggled. He, he he just seems like it, like Andre, in the sense that he's such a mental player on the court. And I, I mean, I I don't say that as like a negative. I mean, that's the way I was as well. I think growing up and playing basketball, obviously a much 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 lesser level. But with all that being said, Dwarf seems to handle the pressure a little better. And I think because of all that, all those reasons combined, I think you do have to play Dort over Ferguson if you're trying to win games. It's just going to be interesting post-deadline um, coming up here in about a week and to kind of see where the team is. And obviously, uh, when Ferguson comes back, is going to play into that. Me personally, I would play Dort over Ferguson at this, and, and sign Dort to a, a full contract. Um, Shay, does he have a killer instinct? I'm not sure he has the killer instinct, but I think he can on certain nights. I think he's the perfect complement to a player that does have that killer instinct, which is why I would love to see the Thunder go and get that um, top draft pick here in the coming years, the coming couple of years, hopefully, and um, be able to get kind of that go-to score guy for for SJ to compliment because I'm not sure he is that guy. However, I would love nothing more than for Shade to be that guy. And I think he's continued to improve, continue to learn with experience, and he'll gain more and more of that. We'll see how close to, how close to that he can get. And then finally, is Presley done making moves? He is not done making moves, in my personal opinion. Um, I'm not sure what those moves will be. You can listen to our latest group pod for some uh, predictions, and then group pod before that. We will kind of see. But I do not think he is done making moves, whether they are minor or whether they are big moves, like getting a great um, package for Gallo or Shooter, for example. So we will see. Uh, Jackson Clark at Jackaboy underscore Clark asks, with Chris Paul's absence, how did you think Oklahoma City would play without him? And uh, this kind of goes to the previous question about Shea. I really expected Shea to step up and Shooter to step up. Shooter did step up. Um, he played another great game. In fact, I think he was Fox Sports player of the game. Um, he didn't step up enough, but that's not necessarily on him. 
and Shay obviously didn't help him out much, which affects that a lot as well, unfortunately. Dean at underscore boomer six. Please don't shoot me. This is funny. Please don't shoot me. But I think we trade Adams and sign Nerlens long term. Also, have we seen the end of Robertson and Tiferg? Um, I'm not sure that we trade Adams, uh, although I could see why the Thunder might. And I'm with you that I think Nerlens has proven that he can be a contributing center for any team, any contributor, much less a starting center for the right team. But it will have to be a really, really, almost, I mean, this sounds crazy, but knowing Presti, I think it'll have to be a Paul George-esque, um, to a lesser degree, package for Stephen Adams. I think that's how high Stephen, or sorry, how high, um, Presti values Stephen, and we will see, um, you know, it, I, I, like John Collins, uh, I, I bet Presti is telling the Hawks, yeah, that's great, you want Stephen Adams? Give me John Collins, and they aren't going to do that. The Hawks are not going to do that. But I think that's how high Presti thinks of Steven, and he's willing to hold on to him um, for this rebuild. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm very curious on that as well. But again, that's 100% speculation on my part. Um, as far as Robertson, I think we have seen the end of uh, Andre on the Thunder and essentially his NBA career, which is extremely sad. And I'll save that because I've gone really, really long here. I'll say that for another podcast, but it, it, it really is sad because Andre's such a great person and was just he was peaking defensively and even offensively outside of his jumper. Um, he's had so much potential, and it's really sad to see. As far as T-Ferg, no. I think T-Ferg will be back here in a, in a game or two. I think he has some personal issues going on at a very, very young age. I think Ferguson is fine. He has a lot to offer. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't start Dort over him, <laughs> for example. But I think Ferguson absolutely will have a career in the NBA, whether that's with the Thunder or elsewhere. We will see. Uh, I would assume is still going to be with the Thunder, but I don't think T. Ferguson, Robertson, or even Marinas for that matter, are all in the same boat. So um, yeah, that's all I got for the Twitter questions. I really appreciate you guys sending those in because you guys had quite a few great, great Twitter questions. Uh, and thank you guys, and we will continue to answer those. So uh, looking ahead, the Thunder play Sacramento here on uh, Wednesday, January 29th, and then on Friday they will play the at Phoenix, um, the Phoenix Suns, I will actually, well, hopefully, uh, I will be at that game, um, which I'm really excited about in Phoenix. It will be my first Thunder away game, so I will have you guys posted there, as well as whoever is covering you guys from the uncontested account. Be sure to stay tuned for that as well. Obviously, um, our deepest condolences go out to the Bryant family, um, all those affected by the, the helicopter crash, all those families. And, and loved ones of all those affected in that crash. It's just extremely um, devastating to myself personally, but I know many of you as well, um, and even more so to an incomprehensible um, level that many of us can't even understand for those who were personally impacted by that crash. So I just wanted to make a point to say that as well. Stay tuned. The Uncontest will have you guys covered for all the Thunder games coming up leading up to the trade deadline next week, which I'm being super excited about. All of us here are super excited about. We have some big things for you guys. Stay tuned. Until next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.